Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships, and empowerment. Hello, I'm just jumping on quickly to add this little bit into the intro because I had a realization of my own in terms of speaking up and that is to speak up when you feel that nudge, right? That internal nudge to speak up, even if you don't know how to speak up, just doing it is important because I think although we do talk about ways that you can speak up in this episode and in a very early episode of ours, I may have discussed um, a tool that you can use to communicate what you need to communicate at the end of the day what's more important than how you do it is actually just doing it because when you feel called to speak up or when you feel a nudge inside or a twist and a turn and you want to say something but you're not saying something at the end of the day every time that that happens you are teaching yourself that you're not worthy, that you can't be trusted, that, I don't know, what other stories you might be telling yourself, perhaps that you're too sensitive, or I'll do it another time, right? It's like how what everyone thinks about exercise, oh, I'll just exercise tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it the next day, and it never ends up happening. So I just wanted to add that in because... I think in the past I have been very focused on how you do it is important. And yes, I do believe that the power of words is astronomical in the impact that they have. And if you don't know where to start, if you don't know, don't have the tools or the words to use, just speak up. Just speak from the heart, right? You've got a feeling going on inside there's something external that's happening that's not right for you. Go with that. Go with the feeling and go with what it is and trust yourself from then on to be able to communicate. And it's okay if you get it wrong. You're going to stuff up. Like that is just human nature. That is life. We're going to make mistakes, but that's how we end. Sorry. That's how we learn. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed recording this episode, so did Chaz, and I thoroughly enjoyed the content that we talk about. So without further ado, here we go. Good morning. Hey, Lil. <laughs> I, uh, we're recording in a different space today so we can have aircon because it's... So hot. Fucking hot today. Yeah. <laughs> Humid. I don't know how I'm going to go outside. Yeah. We've got like a, a hottest 100 listen party to go to and uh i think we're gonna be spending most of the day inside yeah maybe i don't know especially at midday yeah that's one of the best bits about australia day celebrations but is it always seems to be pretty good weather i can't remember the last time australia day like wasn't like a real hot sunny one that's and that's true. what you want for australia day like if you well, picture it's not australia, australia day 
Yeah, but it's the Australia Day celebration day. No one really celebrated on Thursday, let's be real. Whenever no one... the hottest 100 is, is when you celebrate Australia Day. Well, nobody's celebrating Australia Day. Everyone's, like, just getting together to have a good time. No one's actually celebrating, like... There's no patriotism in Australia. And we're not proud of what happened on Australia Day. So, like, everyone's just wanting to have a good time and eat some food. It's like a, a Christmas after Christmas. Yeah, but I think that is what you're supposed to do on those days is just get together. That's yeah. what a celebration is. I was also thinking, you know, there's those people that are like, no, don't change the date. Yeah. But I feel like they're only like that because they think it means they won't get a day off. Yeah. And so if they were promised to still have the 26th of January off Mm -hmm. and also moving the celebration of Australia to Mm. another day, they might actually be happy. Why not give them like a second day off? Then uh... That would be the optimal one, I reckon, is you get a whole nother day off. That would be epic. And then you have an Australia day where the whole country gets to kind of unite under the fact that we are a pretty impressive nation by today's standards. Yeah. Um, and then you have like a, another day where we almost like reconciliation day Mm. where we are in some way solemn about what did occur when white man settled Australia and kind of like made a lot of indigenous people disenfranchised. Yeah. Kind of like remembrance day. Yeah. But you know, I think a lot of the time, too, it's not until I got into my older years that Remembrance Day actually, like, meant something to me. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it was because I watched a lot of war movies. And (laughs) then I realized, like, holy fucking shit, these people went through some crazy stuff just so we could have what we have today. Yeah. And, And, like, so I thought about that on the 26th. I was, like, just taking a minute of remembrance of, you know, what really happened and kind of I guess kind of like meditating on the fact that um people were what I just always find it funny when I think like I don't want to put shame on like people who fought in in wars and um things like that I just think it's funny that we think oh thank god we went to war so we can live the way we live right now Mm. but in actual fact it's just like a small minute of people who just wanted to oppress so many others and like it's just like the smallest amount of actual people that are the problem and they afflict so much damage you mean for like the starting of a war yeah is a small amount of people and then it creates so much damage yeah like if you could just somehow not have those people like i, I don't know well, I the way I see it is, like, days like Remembrance Day is about remembering the people. Like, a lot of those kids were conscripted. Like, they, yeah. they didn't get the choice, right? Yeah, they just and had so the fight. They had to. And yeah. it's, like, that's the painful part that is worth remembering. Like, they, the, they sacrificed so much because they were forced to, and they didn't run away. Because mm. my instinct would be, like, I'm fucking hiding beneath the floorboards. Mm. Like, I'm not going, which is t- probably terrible in terms of selflessness, but... It wasn't even really an option for like for most people. You'd get a bullet to the back of the head by your own side if you tried to opt out. Yeah, yeah. There's so much shame in going AWOL when in reality, when you think about it, like 
It's not. It wasn't their war to fight. Initially. It wasn't even shame. I don't think it was even shame. It was just the only way you would get humans to do horrific human things. Yeah. Is like you have to become the utmost evil to do the utmost evil. There's no way around it. Mm. Which wow. is terrifying. But, I, yeah, I just I what I was trying to say is, I don't like the fact that in some sense like it celebrates war Mm. and when you look at it from the way you're looking at it which is a really noble way of looking at it it makes sense but at the same time why are we listening to why the people always end up listening to this one guy like i sometimes i don't understand like in in countries that are like really controlled by a dictator surely there's some general in there that's willing to just drive a coup Mm. and like just usurp that but are they all really in cahoots then like you know what i mean like usurping the guy who wants to take control yeah who's just being an obvious tyrant yeah get rid of that guy like Uh that guy should just be disappeared you know what a great example is uh like schindler's list Mm. that guy the liam neeson's character was a nazi and it's based Mm. on a true story um, and he did want to usurp them, but there's there's only so much you can do if you don't have power. And if you're on, it's kind of like China, right? You don't know who's on your side and who's not. Mm. And you can't, you've got to be careful who you speak to about bagging out the Chinese government because you could just disappear. Mm. And so it's kind of like that when you are in like a bit of a, when tyranny's happening. And I'm sure there were other leaders that were, were wanted to kind of infiltrate and take over and, and prevent this crazy shit from happening but to me that's the saddest part about it as well though is like some person has been like some person normal person is doing the disappearing work like some some guy has been mm. convinced that they're doing this for the greater good mm-hmm. and if they, if they just make this person disappear or you're being compensated absolutely insanely and you've just given up all of your morals to greed. Mm. I don't know, but it's cut. Do you know how I think of that? <laughs> is like uh, the scam callers you get, mm. right? We have no idea whether they know they're trying to scam us mm. or if they genuinely think they work in a call center for Telstra <laughs> and they, they just need your bank details to help pay a bill. Like they, like, do they know? Do they not know? We I'm have pretty no sure idea. they know. I, there's so many scammers out there. Like to me, I don't, I don't get how people could know. They know. It, it, I think what happens in those scenarios is, is like most scammers are coming from countries that are so poor that they look at us and they're like the same way we would look at a billionaire. We'd be like, what's $10 million to a billionaire? And they're just, they're just t- trying to get you for all you've got. But there's also Aussie ones. They're the ones that like, you know, you get a phone call and it just sounds like it's, your mum talking yeah like those ones especially i do i understand what you're saying about like especially when you get um like people with an accent mm. you're assuming that they're probably in another country it's not that i get people for an accent i just saw a documentary on it they have like whole departments just all de- dedicated to scamming people mm. and it's a business yeah. like they run it like a business and it's just a numbers game to them. It's like you make a certain amount of calls, you're going to eventually get onto a certain amount of people who are going to fall for the scam. Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep fishing, 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 fishing. And yeah, but of course people are going to do it here. It, yeah. 
and I don't know, maybe that's that's the the demise of not having religions to guide any kind of ethical morals anymore. I just genuinely don't believe that all people who are scammers know that they're scamming. That I reckon that it, there has to be a small percentage of people like that as well, yeah. for sure. Like, and pretty much everything exists. That's yeah. good. There's got to be some people in there that just like genuinely think they're, uh, yeah, purchasing an insurance claim for you. Yeah, and and I think also too, if you've noticed when like scams are on the rise, is when something crazy happens. So like during when COVID first happened. So many people lost their jobs. So many people lost money. And that's when I started getting a bunch of scam calls. Mm. It was like, there's people who are desperate, who really need money. And so they're unfortunately taking, you know, the morally not very like conscientious way of trying to make money, whether Mm. they know that or not. Um, And then again, when um, inflation started happening, you know, the cost of rent going up here, petrol going up, food going up in price... Again, that's when a lot of the scam calls started starting to happen or the hacking started happening again with Optus. So Yeah, it's taking advantage on how desperate people are. People need money so bad that they see, oh, go into the draw to win $1,000. All you have to do is fill out this application. That and all too. of a sudden they got your details because you really needed 1000 bucks. And you're like, I'm willing to take a chance on this spin. I thought that was... I just thought that was really funny then. I don't know why... I wanted. I was just playing with the physio cram. Yeah, Ashley's a big fidgeter, and I like for some reason. Did you take it off me to stop me fidgeting, or did it like? I took it off you to stop you fidgeting because you kept banging on stuff, and uh... in my mind, I'm thinking you're gonna be putting audio through the podcast because you just can't stop, but uh, like whoops. smashing it on things. My bad. <laughs> but I, Sorry for the side tangent. I I also have a compassionate view on like the people, even if they do know they're scamming. I'm I'm like, how how sad it is that you are so desperate for money that you're struggling so much that you will try and take advantage of people. And so like, I'm not saying that I think scammers should keep scamming, but I don't also don't think they're like the complete scum of the earth. I think sometimes we forget there's like a human aspect of that. And you understand like when inflation and shit happens like that, that shit changes for you. And we're just so lucky that we live it where we're earning a certain amount of money that we can actually afford those kinds of changes and other people Mm. just can't and so like yeah sometimes you just gotta instead of painting people as just pure evil Mm -hmm. being able to see like they're human too Mm -hmm. they're probably going through shit too um not doesn't excuse what they did or they do but see the flip side of that is there's plenty of people doing white collar crime that don't need that money at all and mm-hmm. they're ripping people off. So it's not even like some people aren't even in this desperate situation. Mm-hmm. Some people like that. The banks did it to everyone in 2008 and probably right now they're giving out loans that people can't afford, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's effectively a scam in itself. They're banking on you failing, mm-hmm. which is, which is wild. And so yeah, I guess in some sense, the person who's getting scammed is the sucker in every scenario because the whole world's just about trying to get that per Like, that person is... Tr- if if you don't have your ducks in order, you're going to get suckered. Yeah. And the world is out to work that out. And that's why you should, like, 
read as many books as you can. Well, yeah, <laughs> Try and upskill yourself. yourself in so many different areas. They're like, And that's why companies spend so much money on security protection to teach you about scamming and things like that. Cause yeah. Actually, it, that's one of the free courses at TAFE Queensland is um, like cybersecurity. You can get mm-hmm. a diploma in cybersecurity. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I thought about and that. And get an IT job if you want to or it's just good to know you know oh yeah just in general yeah if it's free why not yeah um yeah queensland tafe is doing there's like 50 or 60 different cert threes fours and diplomas that are available particularly to people uh that are quote-unquote vulnerable so like women who are potentially mothers and haven't had a job in a while youth Mm. which I was a bit offended that I wasn't in the youth age bracket. It was like 17 to 24 and I was like, fuck you. Um, yeah, it's sad that they put like an age bracket on it because like an, like an older person who might be just like closer to retirement yeah. and is looking for a different career pathway because they lost their job and they just need to upskill and they can't get work because they don't have the credentials and you're going you're gonna to exclude them from being able to access this awesome deal. Well, Rita was saying the other day, my friend was saying that TAFE used to be free. It wasn't until, like, we were, like, moving through primary school that it became more privatised. It makes sense to be free in the fact that most TAFEs aren't privatised. They're run by Queensland government here. Yeah. So... And would don't, like, you're you're creating a society where a lot of the workforce wants you to have some kind of degree. You know what I mean? Like even, for example, government jobs, like when you were working for the council, you were studying towards something else which allowed you to get that job. Oh, so, they literally, the requirement to applying for the job was you had to be in university. So, yeah. So if that's the standard you're going to set as a government, then... I believe it's your responsibility to be providing like free resource or accessible resources for people in need. Like if you want to solve this homelessness problem or like this lack of education, do give out cert threes. Yeah. Like they're like they're like two thousand dollars to pay for. Mm. Like if we were to go get one. So to the government it's really not costing that much. What's sad is is most of the knowledge they're gonna teach you you could just access at the library for free anyway. Yes. Like, you don't really need a course to do anything. And, like, even in that government job scenario, I did not need to be studying a degree to do any of that work. Yeah. And none of my superiors needed a degree to do the work they were doing. Mm. Like, you could have just been finished high school with, like, doing the harder English. As long as you could read and write mm. and have some basic math skills, you could do any of those jobs in that building. Yeah. It wasn't hard. Like you just, it just takes practice, and yeah. that's like. I think that that's where my that's why, I think the, if you are going to set a standard for you need to have some kind of certificate or diploma or degree or working towards one to get a job, even even though you don't actually need the skill set that it might give you, if you're going to set a standard where the job you need to have some kind of certificate, then do give out free. Mm. things you know it's not about actually learning and making sure your your skills are up to date it's actually just about having a degree which is kind of the society we live in which is is, which is which frustrates me it's silly in some sense because in reality the proof is in the pudding 
can like does your work demonstrate adequate skills yes or no or like that and that that comes down to it what do you mean for instance like uh let's say you're an electrician Mm. and you went to apply for a job Mm. whether i was qualified as an electrician or whether i can just do the work Mm. really doesn't matter like if i can demonstrate to you that i can get the job done and i do a good job of it with or without a qualification Mm. and you can see that i can do the job well Mm -hmm. you should just be able to get that job there shouldn't be this this paper wall right and that's Mm. the whole point on having a resume like you have references of people that you previously worked with that your employer calls up to check in hey can this guy work Mm. what's his what's his skills on the job what kind of values is he demonstrating on like does he work hard does he show up on time you know what i mean like that Mm. that's those are the things an employer is looking for Mm. it's probably more of a liability thing as to why well, that's exactly it. what it is it's, yeah. it's the fact that people don't want to get sued and we live in countries like australia is second to the u.s for legal lawsuits um occurring like people sue each other all the time in australia mm. and people sue each other all the time in america mm. and if we didn't have this like point the finger culture at everyone else mm. we would actually have a society that probably functioned a little bit better with regards to opportunity Mm. but it makes it hard for people who don't have the means to gain the qualifications Mm -hmm. to get anywhere like you could have been like working on let's say a cars all your life your dad was like really into cars you're really into cars you can pull a car apart and together Mm. but like eventually maybe let's say to get a engineering course for cars like that'll be required yeah. to work on a motor vehicle. And then this person who's better than anyone in the shop, done it all their life, can't do this job because he can't afford it. Mm. Maybe his dad was an alcoholic and didn't look after him. He's got no savings. And this kid's just like having a grind. Yeah. You, that would be so frustrating. You have the skills to do it, but you're like there's a, a, a boundary or a wall up for you not being able to do it because of some rules that are put in place. Yeah, and like... Let's say let's say the kid's really good at the work, mm. but he can't read. So he can't mm. do the course, but he can do the job. Mm. So why does that even matter? Yeah. Like a lot with a lot of trades that is the the thing as well. There's your it's the the physical skills and the the smarts. The smarts of being able to do the job but also like understanding safety and things like that. Whereas like the only reading you need to do is to be able to understand people's information probably order parts and things like that but you don't need to be able to formulate an entire assignment because you're never going to be giving out assignments to people if you're a mechanic and things like that so i kind of i get where you're coming from you would have an admin clerk do all of that work for you anyway yeah so like you don't there's not even like a requirement for you to even do any of that work in reality Mm. like you could you could find a way to buff that out Mm. and it like that's exactly what smart business people do because you can't be good at everything Mm -hmm. so they just what the skills they're poor at they employ people to do a better job than they do at that Mm -hmm. and then they just stick to what they're really good at and they they're good at a few areas and they just bolster it bolster it bolster it Mm -hmm. um but yeah we talk from you and i are very privileged in the fact that we've had um, relatively good educations on like a international scale um, 
like if you were in a like a second or third world country like yeah, we would be considered globally. very educated mm. um and so that allows us to have a lot of opportunities um but yeah we're red taping ourselves into boxes yeah i feel like we're increasing the probability of um people being uneducated and um like moving towards like poverty and homelessness by having all of that red tape towards getting like particular jobs but that's where i think the the free tape thing that is being offered at the moment although it's only temporary is such an amazing idea it is cool and it and i understand also that there's sacrifices in that so like the funding for that probably comes from the rates that people are paying for their houses because rates are continually being increased and mm. I've, I've noticed that well like you know our taxes aren't being increased but pe- pe- people who own homes they're paying higher rates and stuff like that and that is that does suck and that does put people in poor positions but it's also like um you have to see that as it's helping out our highest good like our community by allowing people to be able to go to TAFE and do these things and yeah there's always like I think sometimes there is an inclination to see only the negative or only the positive in an action or an inaction that the government is taking, but understanding there's a balance within it all. There's always good and there's always bad, and there's always good and there's always bad, in no matter what's happening. Yeah. And it's, yeah, kind of how I felt like for like the first half of the podcast there, I was I was really looking at the light and I felt like you were being really like, not at the dark, but you were going to the, the depths, you know, like the cynical the cynical view. And I was like, how can I offer this new perspective? Uh. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know, it's good to get both perspectives of the coin. Mm. I don't think I don't think it's actually getting worse. Like I don't think homeless I think homelessness, if you were to look at it on a larger scale, is probably getting less and less. Well we and, don't that would be something that would be good to look up. It would, but I would, I would, I would assume so. Um, yeah, maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you saying that reminds me of what you said was in that Buddhist book. So I have a book called The Heart of the Buddhist Teachings, and Ch- Chaz has been reading it lately. And you were speaking about right speech. Yeah, there's a whole heap of different, right mindfulness, right speech, right thought, and how you know if you're not certain on something, not speaking about it. Mm. And I've been really trying to practice that lately. Yeah. Um, which is probably also why I was trying to look at the the other perspectives for all these things that we're talking about. Because I'm like, well, I, we, I actually don't know some of these things. So, like, what's another perspective that could be brought? Like, I, I think this whole, this year for me is about understanding different truths. Mm. And, like, that's my focus is, like, speaking my truth but also focusing on the different possible truths that could be occurring for other people and like expanding my perspective and understanding of that well there's never been a time where you've uh could have like there's never been a time where you have more opportunity to learn about all these different topics Mm. and we're exposed to now short form reels and tiktoks all the time right and mine are always I guess, informational content education. related to education or science or food um, or medicine. And something that I have been doing for some time now is 
I've got a notepad and anytime I see something that I'm like, it triggers something in my mind. I'm like, oh, that was really interesting. Like that's either like a bit conspiratorial as well. I'm like, oh, is that like actually the case? Mm. I'll write that down and then I'll go and I'll read scholarly articles on it and I'll read like two um, or I'll, if, if I can't find them in scholarly articles, I'll go like a hard Google search to see if I can find like a textbook or something. Um, and just, just find some information on it to see whether what I heard was actually information that is true or is it just regurgitated rubbish? Because we get exposed to a lot of rubbish right now as mm. well. But usually what I've found is I've been finding some gems, but it also ensures that I'm fact-checking myself anytime I repeat stuff because it's so easy to just watch a reel, hear the information and repeat it. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes I think when we see a reel and we think it's fake and then we see a reel and we we think it's true it's kind of like a bit of a confirmation bias Mm. situation so like you already have a belief about that topic and then in watching it you're like oh this confirms my belief about this Mm. whereas if you're able to write it down and look into it Mm -hmm. then you can actually decide whether that's true or not yeah um which has been really cool, but you had so you had so many ideas this past week, and I was like, you gotta, you gotta focus on one or two at a time, because that's when you start to get overwhelmed. Is like, that's when you also start to get a bit, um, uh, a bit like cynical of the world. It's like you see all these things, and you're not sure if they're true or not, and you're yeah. like, there's so much bad shit that could be possibly happening. And so when you, you take the time to actually dive deep on on one or two, yeah, then you can take action from that space yeah and that's that's exactly it is if you don't find a way to take action on them and so fact check them first and then, and then if, if you can then take action on them then it'll alleviate some of that ang- like existential, existential dread that you've effectively given yourself and that's like the hardest thing to combat in this modern era because we're exposed to all of these ideas and content that we have no business even being exposed to in a normal life but because of social media, you do get exposed to them. And so what do you even do with that information that now is rattling around in your head? Mm. And so I like, that's what I've started doing to get, kind of get it out there. Cause yeah, otherwise you start thinking the the government is actually out to get you or a lot of the time, everything's just like money. Money's mm. the, the causing the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is very interesting to dive deep on some things. And when you have that more of that focus to, for example, like organic foods, mm. instead of under, like looking at, because usually when you get reels about like organic foods, you'll start getting reels about like uh, all kinds of things that are related to that. Yeah, it's um, just all health. Um, um, all health stuff. And then you start to go, oh, I should be drinking this cup of water. Oh, I should be getting organic foods. Oh, I should be getting farm fresh. Oh, I should. And then you're like, fuck, there's so much action to take. I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to step back. And people feel the same about recycling probably. But when you, when you take a step back and our, our subliminal, subliminal focus for the, I think since living with your parents has been like, how can we eat more foods that are um, more kinder to our bodies and kinder to the environment? And we looked up, you asked me to look up today, where's the organic 
vegetables in kabocha where can we get those yeah, where's our organic fresh produce that we can source from here because the markets only have like one or two people that sell them and only some vegetables are organic yeah it's terrible and woolies has got like the smallest section yeah the smallest section like you you, I, you could live off of them if you really wanted to but it's it's not great like mm. and so we yeah we found a cool website and we're going to be able to get regenerative farmed organic food delivered straight to our door and so we'll get our fresh produce done that way and yeah. then we'll continue buying all our free range meats probably just from um woolies for the time being but we'll probably get a, i could see us going to a butcher like probably in the next year or so and then finding yeah. a local butcher that does that um but yeah we definitely want to kind of move that direction with everything if we can yeah and so what Chaz was talking about with regenerative farming it's like um a lot of the time the the soil in uh, when you're not using regenerative farming you're not getting as many nutrients into the vegetables and that's the whole reason we eat vegetables is Mm. the reason they're like two fruit five veg is because the micronutrients in them yeah, and when you look up anything like, for example, um, pregnancy, and you're like, you should be eating more folate-rich foods, right? Mm. There's probably going to be less folate in these particular foods because yeah. of the way that they're farmed. Yeah, And it's also um, ruining the environment when you're not having the regenerative farming. Yeah, because so. you're stripping the topsoil all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the soil's not happy. Ah, oh, 100%. And I think uh, we went and saw Avatar last night. Oh, great movie. Great. Uh, Avatar 2. It was actually really good. So I I, good. I was judgmental in my mind. Like, I wasn't yeah. really vocalizing it. But I, Me too. Like, the first one was really good too. But I never watched it again. Yeah. Ever. Like, I, I watched it once. I was like, that was amazing. Don't need to watch it again. Way too long. Too much effort. The whole thing's a cliche anyway. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much was guessing the whole movie before it happened while we watched Avatar 2. But they did such a a really good job of making you connect with those characters and, like, developing them just one step further than the cliche would normally take you. Yeah. And so that that kind of... I don't know. It, it, may, it, it just... I felt feeling like I had a sense of love when after the movie. Yeah. Well, we... I've... We've both, I think, not really been attaching to movies lately. Like, it's been really hard to enjoy them. And probably because we've been grounding ourselves a bit more in, like, just living in the real world. Mm. And so seeing people act in in the fakery of it all is a mm. bit like, ugh. But, yeah, we got really, like, into that movie mm. last night. Oh, and- I held on to a pee for, like, two hours. <laughs> it was so hard. I was like, I don't want to leave this cinema, but it was hurting. And, and I was like, stuff it, I'm going. One of the things that really stood out to me, which was also in the first movie, was the connection of the avatars to this planet. Yeah. They like, and yes, they did. Uh, the mother in particular uses it in more of a spiritual way. She's like, oh, great mother. But it's also like the whole concept of Mother Earth and Gaia, right? It's like you, everything in balance, looking after the land. You look after yeah. the land, the Don't land looks take after more than you. you need. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that it's a living organism to some degree, or the the things that live on top of the earth yeah. are living at least, and yeah. um, kind of that indigenous perspective too of, uh, you know, we are a part of the earth. Yeah. Like, 
there's things that the earth offers to us and then we, yeah, the opposite is true as well. Yeah, I think James Cameron's probably a pretty spiritual guy. Yeah. I would assume in some sense. Um, it kind of like, it's hard to watch those movies knowing that we're moving further and further away from though like the echoes of the past in in, in an indigenous kind of uh agrarian kind of lifestyle is that is that the word when agrarian when you're like living off the land i have no idea uh, i don't know i pulled that from deep in my mind <laughs> yeah i have no idea what <laughs> i don't think is. i've ever used that in a sentence before I think it's Argarian. Agrarian. Yeah. Agrari- Ag- I, uh, agrarian? I have no idea what that means. I'm so close. Someone look that, look that up. That up. Yeah. I will look it up Jamie. later. But Jamie, look that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like there, there was a time, not like a few, probably a few hundred, maybe, maybe a little bit more than a few hundred years ago, where most people lived off what they grew in mm. in their surroundings. And like you, and not that it's civilization didn't exist. Like you still had civilization, but it wasn't like city centers just survived and on their own the way it does right now. Like you still had like farms in quite close proximity, and most people were surviving off farmland. Whereas mm. now most people are living in the city, and the few are actually providing food for the many. And mm. those guys actually are the only people that have true autonomy over their life. Right, because in reality they have control over the food, so they can do whatever they want in some sense because they can feed themselves. Whereas no one else knows how to feed themselves, mm. and so the, the the whole structure and system of society is different compared to then. Mm. And you're not connected to the land and the way the cycles work anymore because we've removed ourselves artificially from it. I think that was a huge message that I got from Avatar too. Avatar yeah. 2, <laughs> the idea that, you know, um, and I thought of like Elon Musk and Tesla and not Tesla, but like SpaceX and, and you know, Jeff Bezos and the, the space wall, like everyone racing to find another place for us to live. Whereas, and that was true in, you know, the humans coming back to uh, wherever the Avatar place is called. Don't spoil it. Um, well, even talking about the first one, like yeah. the humans coming there. Yeah. You know, there's always, like like you said before, surely there's one person that doesn't want to take over, right? That was the lady doctor in the first Avatar mm. movie. She's genuinely there to learn mm-hmm. and she wants to learn mm-hmm. and, and respect this place. Um, and then there's always those head honchos that are like, let's take yeah. kind of thing. But the the idea that if you work at one with the nature, there's plenty to be provided for and if you take care of the planet then you don't need to be going and exploring these other places to go live yeah and you don't need to be taking shit from other people yeah you were kind of alluding to the fact that tesla's sorry uh spacex's pursuit to get off planet to another planet is a sad pursuit because effectively you're saying we've given up on the planet we already have Yes, and I understand because Elon, I think he is trying to do things to try and help the Earth, but he's also trying to 
disappear. Like, yeah, he's not hedging right? his bets. Like, yes. yeah, he's, he, he's, he's, he's like, yeah. He's not um, committed. Yeah, yeah, he's half-half. He's and, like, yeah, just in case. They say that about when you're in business. Like, if you have three or four or five different business ventures, your, your intent, attention is spread too thin. You need to focus on one or two or three. And he's got, like, four or five. And yeah, like you said, he's, he doesn't have all his eggs in one basket, which is the risk of doing business. But if you genuinely want that outcome to occur, you need to genuinely invest all your time and energy and money and interest into supporting that idea. I agree mm. completely. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like a very impressive person in the fact that he can actually somehow he's managing to balance all of those eggs he's juggling. But we'll see if one of them cracks. Hopefully not, because I've invested a little bit of coin in in old uh, Elon Musk. Um, Shall we move on to questions? Let's move I on. I feel to like qu- you're getting a bit antsy. I'm just my knees are killing me from sitting. Well, sit on the bed or something. <laughs> no, it's okay. Continue. I actually had a different question I wanted to ask than these ones. Okay, cool. If you were any character on Avatar Two, mm. who would you be? Oh, that's an interesting question. Okay. Well, not I wasn't asking this in terms of who would you choose to be, but who do you most identify with or like who's most like you? Ah. Uh, or do you want to answer the other way? Ooh, um, I don't know. I guess I probably like connected to the older brother the most in some sense. The firstborn son. The firstborn son. Mm. Like I am literally a firstborn <laughs> yeah, son. So true. But you know what I mean. Like it played that cliche so well. Mm-hmm. Um, that everything was just played so well. That yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I can really relate to that firstborn son. Kind of, you're the guy who has to pull everyone else's head in. Mm, um, God, I feel like that as firstborn daughter. <laughs> yeah, and well, and that is that is your job, and it's like. You're the third parent in the relationship. Mm. You're like you're, and that's why the second and the third child that comes along are either like kind of cooked or kind of not cooked, is because your influence actually has an impact on them. Yeah. Like so I always find that funny when people say, "Oh, they all come out so completely different," and I, th- a part of that's true, and also a part of it's the fact that the child that comes after the firstborn isn't raised by the same parents. It's raised by more parents and more parents Mm. each time. And so each child gets a completely different upbringing because there's just so many other people to deal with. True. And they have to respond to that environment. I actually would have said you're like Jake Sully in the second movie. The The dad. dad. Because I see the older older son in you, but I also see the youngest son, the younger Mm. son in you. And the dad is the accumulation of the both. He's like a bit mm. of a leader, but he's also like uh, a bit of a wild card. Yeah. And also really values family. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I could definitely see like some, some aspects of him and me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well who, who would you say? That I was? I, I, I think I know who you're going to say. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think I'm going to say? Well, you're obviously going to say the wife. <laughs> I actually was thinking, yeah, I was either one of the wives, <laughs> one of the wives. You did that, yeah. I, 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 I knew you. I, I liked it too because I know I like you. Yeah. But I, I knew you liked how badass those wives were, like in, in not like in like a, a conflict sense, and just how strong, strong they were about what they wanted and needed, and what they wanted their men to do yeah. or needed from them. And yeah, I think you liked that dynamic. I did. I did really like that. I liked that they when it came to what was important to them, Mm. they 
stood firm. Mm -hmm. But I also saw myself in Kiri, the oldest daughter, adopted daughter. Like the she was just connected with everything. Yeah, just really like just a space cadet. A bit of a space cadet, (laughs) emotional, intuitive, and empath. Yeah, that was that's who I saw. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, Yeah, you definitely got a bit of that as well. Yeah, but the mum was like that a little bit too. She was. That's true, actually. That's very true. Um, Okay, and I know you have an answer for this question. If you could set up your partner on a date with any celeb, who would it be? So I would set you up with Jay Shetty. What? (laughs) Because I just know you would really enjoy it and have a a good conversation. True. And you'd find that really, really interesting. Um, And it would help my relationship with you as well because you'd come back and just be like loving me in all these different ways. Not that you don't already, but like I just think you'd just have like this zest from that conversation and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for more relationship stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Touched by the energy of a monk. Yeah, exactly. Or an ex-monk. And plus, who wouldn't want to look at those pretty blue eyes for, like, a a good dinner? I feel like, yeah, it's like his soul speaks through his eyes. I weirdly had this thought thinking about that when I was looking at that question. And I was like, you know what makes the best cult leader? Some strong eyes. Mm. Gotta have strong eyes. You just gotta be able to look people... And just they feel like they know that you know something they don't know. Yeah. But it's just it's just because they got really nice eyes. <laughs> mm. Maybe it's the eye contact. Like they it see is a lot of eye you. contact too. You just if you hold a lot of eye contact, you you convince people of things. <laughs> That's true. It's a power move. I honestly still can't think of someone to set you up on a date with. Oh, I thought that would trigger you into a... I, the only person I could think of would be someone like Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, who, a bro date? A bro date, yeah. A bro date. Just like, or... Nah, That'd be epic. I'd love to talk to Joe Rogan. Just someone that you can have a laugh with, but also has so much shit to talk about. You could be there for hours. I love the way he talks about pool. Like, I think it'd be fun to, like, do an activity with him that's, like, competitive. Yeah. Because uh, I'm also very competitive. You'd also have the most fun at his, like, house or his studio where you've got, like, so much activities to do. You've got, like, archery. <laughs> you've got, like, a sauna, an ice bath. Or yeah, he's definitely a man of toys. Yeah. That, that is a very epic thing. Um, yeah. No, that would that would be very cool. I also feel like because I've listened to so much of his podcast, I kind of already know everything he might say in some sense as well. Mm. Um, but it also it means I would like the guy because I already know I like the guy. Yeah. So yeah, it, that that would be fun. That'd be a, a definitely an epic, um, an epic date day, mm-hmm. or evening, or lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last question. What is something fun that you've done before and would like to do again? Um, I still have not got my fix for snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep going snowboarding. I love it. Like, mm-hmm. I, If I could have a holiday every year of my choice, I would just keep going snowboarding every year. Mm-hmm. Like, Take me back to Japan. Take me onto those slopes. Music. Oh. You know what we should do at some point in the future is do like pretty much the whole school holidays at the end of the year in Japan and work it. 
like anything work work the we could the work it it depends how old we are and if we have kids or not probably not even working there if we uh. have kids but like yeah just having the having four weeks at least to just be on the snow i feel like you'd get your fix then because you'd be able to progress so far in learning like different that's true maybe i haven't things. gone long enough for me to hate it yeah. Get to the point where you're like, your feet just really hurt <laughs> every day. Like, that's what I felt like it's um, the school trip that we went on because it was a full week. Mm. Um, and by the end of it, your feet were hurt and your legs were sore. I still liked it at the end of it. But maybe, like, if you went for two weeks, that would get you to the point where you're like, nah, keen for something different now. I'm sick of being cold. I feel like two weeks would still not be enough for you, Yeah, to be I honest know. with you. It's just it's one of those things that's so dynamic that yeah. But it, mine's kind of similar and mine is um jet skiing. Oh yeah. But, we'll definitely have to do that again. They're so expensive to just like hire a jet ski. Yeah. So it's ridiculously priced. Next time Macca's Monopoly comes around, we're just gonna buy keep buying it so we can win that sea do jet ski man. You know what we do? We talk Hayden into buying a jet ski today. <laughs> He's, he doesn't uh, he doesn't seem like a jet ski guy. Hayden, if you're listening, buy a jet ski. <laughs> You'd be the man. We will we if we I reckon he's in, a jet ski guy. He's already got a boat. He's got a boat that he eventually have. He could get a jet, ski. jet ski, but I I reckon Philip could buy a jet ski. Oh, he could be talked into buying a jet ski. Like he's one of those guys like one day he just he had this like $1600 drone and I was like how often are you going to use that? Yeah. <laughs> it was cool, but uh, I just I, you know drop some money on some toys you might never use again. I just couldn't fathom spending that kind of coin on anything that I knew I probably wouldn't use again. Well, it, no, I like the idea of buying one because it means every like school holidays in spring and summer we would be going, like maybe camping or going to a place where we could use the jet ski. Yeah, Chaz a. Uh, I don't know if we've said this before, but when Chaz proposed to me, we went on a jet ski trip to South Stradbroke Island and mm. then to a, a beach. Uh, Called Sunset Beach, which was a beach bar. A beach bar. Yeah. And then he proposed there. So I do have, I have like. With the sun setting. With the sun setting. And our friends were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had them all ferry over early. Yeah. So they could be there for the moment and surprise you as well. So I do have fond memories. And then arranged a dinner after back on the mainland. Another surprise dinner. Bang! And then we went to the casino and won money. Bang, bang! Yeah, that was really cool. You were you were on top of it then. Yeah. And then she was like, so when are we getting married? And I was like, I just planned all of this. I'm not mm. thinking about that at all. That's your problem. Good luck. Well, like, what was I supposed <laughs> to do, you know? Like, you were straight away. As soon as we got, I'm just an action taker. <laughs> as soon as we got back from the ski, the ski trip. The, the jet skiing. Jet skiing. Immediately in the car. That was, like, the second thing you asked me. You were like, so when are we getting married? Like, you wanted to know date, time. <laughs> You're like, what else am I supposed to do with this information now? Am I nah, supposed to just sit here and pretend I'm not thinking those things? <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of just basking in the fact that we were engaged. I was like, fiance. Uh, I was just, I was just ready to go, go, go. Yeah, you're clearly. like, uh, I'm ready for husband and wife. Yeah, I, I was like, I feel like we're already engaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pretty much. Were. I know. I, I didn't stop and appreciate that moment, but I'm appreciating it now, looking back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very fond memories of of that. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. We're gonna go enjoy our Oz Day party. Yeah. Yeah. 
Alrighty. All right. Stay safe. Adios. Enjoy our stay. Bye. Gross. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to leave our podcast a rating, subscribe, and hit the bell button to be notified when new episodes come out. And if you'd like to support us, we've set up a GoFundMe to help us with production costs and professional equipment so we can continue to show up and keep the good times coming. We appreciate you and uh, catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's my new outro. <laughs> <laughs>